Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. After a serious car accident, people have two questions. Why me and what now? Well, no one knows why you, but I'm Terry Crouppen, and my law firm, Brown & Crouppen, sure can help with the what now. Car repairs, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. We're Brown and & Crouppen, and we've got all those answers. All you have to do is call. 222-2222. To understand what's going on on this show. The Ryan Kelly Morning After. KPN-TFM HD2. Collinsville, St. Louis. We're bringing the World Series back. Yeah. Those Cardinal players just know how to act. Yeah. They'll kill those Tigers with the swing of the bat. Yeah. Because those Red Birds just know where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it to the loo. Baseball fans, you see these Cardinals are the best in the land. They're going to whip you if you misbehave. So good. Did I hear her say they wash their hands before they play? Yeah, what else would you say in that lyric? We're bringing the World Series back. Never even thought yeah. about These Cardinal fans <laughs> just know how to, to act. Yeah. One balloon party. Uh, it is the Ryan Kelly morning <laughs> after appliance discounters, 8 o'clock hour. Timothy Michael McKernan, Douglas Sullivan, Vaughn, the Plowhawk, and Jackson with you. Uh, Iggy was called into a uh, Hubbard board meeting, mm-hmm. and so we don't know when he will be able to uh, rejoin us here in yeah. this uh, appliance discounters, 8 o'clock hour. He's there with the different general managers of all the Hubbard stations. That's correct. I think he's meeting sales. with Phoenix today. Uh, that could be. Kind of guiding them through. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, why does the Pepper and Genie commercial continue to play over the break? Is that part of the immovable skeleton? That's from glove mm. blogger Tom Traven. I don't have that answer for you. I don't know. I think it maybe it's a tease that it could come back someday. Because there has been a lot of chatter about that. People miss their pepper and genie. Ha. Uh, oh, I guess the hosts don't. <laughs> well. It's a heck of a run. Yeah, we had a couple good months. Yeah. I mean, I miss doing a show at Plaza, but I don't miss doing that show. The fact that the pepper and genie promo is still running used to be cute. Now it's just a dark and mm. twisted reminder of the spamware that used to destroy my phone every single day. Oh. Please make it stop. That's from Mr. Licks. No, we need bigger breaks. That bothers you? Oh my God! I gotta hear this for 15 seconds. Damn it! Well, should should we maybe take it out of the? Oh, well, I got nothing the, to do with it. Out of the rotation there? <laughs> no. You gonna keep it in? Yeah, point X break too. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> Even though there's no indication at all that the show is gonna return. That's well, correct, Doug. I'm gonna ask Marty to put together a Rockin' Weekend with Iggy promo and just let it play. Even though I don't have a show. What's Any the development on that, on that yeah. uh, yesterday? 
No, I just wait to hear back from Tommy and Barb and Kelly and see what they think. It's a bidding war for sponsors. Oh, it's a bidding war. It's a negotiation. Yeah, I said I got 15 minutes of, uh, not 15, 3, 3, 3, like, like 12 minutes. I put a clock together. I got like 12 minutes of open time for spots. I said, now if we get more than 12 spots, I can, I can go longer. I don't think we have that problem. It's a fluid clock. <laughs> Probably not, but you never know. You never know. There's no. a lot of places to get music these days. Yeah. If if they get three sponsors and it's enough to give Plowsy a little bit of money and the station makes money, I'm sure they do it. It's... But you're not accepting money for this? I'll accept money, but if it's if it's to the point where Plowsy's got to get paid and then they got to make money off it, then to do the show, that's fine. I don't need to make any money. Like, yeah. What about monies? I don't like the word. <laughs> I don't think you need it. But if they get, you know... Eight sponsors say, hey, we've, we're making pretty good money on this. We're going to give Iggy a percentage. That's fine. But like I said, I don't need any money for this. I just like, I, I'll like doing the show. You think this show could be your ticket to Easy Street? Easy Street? <laughs> yeah. No? I'm a couple hundred liquid, so I don't know if I need Are it. you really? I mean, a couple I'm, hundred liquid. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like five months away from starting to collect my Social Security. Yeah. Is that right? Well, you can do it when you're... Doug was talking to you about that after the show. You could have started Mm -hmm. collecting it four years ago, right? No, I didn't think about it. But the longer you wait, the more money you get. So I think at 66, I'll get almost all of it per month. So, But I was always on the impression you had to retire to get it. I didn't think you could still work and get it. Oh, yeah. But as I understand it, if you wait till your full retirement age, which I believe for you would be like 66 years and four months, then you won't get a reduced Social Security check because you are working. If you are working, that Social Security check will be reduced until you do stop working. Well, that makes no sense. Well, are we no, look, looking at Iggy's I, last months here in radio? I, no, I'll still do it. I mean, I can't retire on what I'm getting. I have to work. I would be living in a box somewhere and have enough money for cigarettes and to pay my cell phone bill. Are you 66 yet? No. But I will be in July. Yeah. Countdown. So I well, probably have to wait till the end of the year to get that extra four months in there. I don't like it. Yeah. That's probably the smart way to go. Uh, Doug, we got some uh, news on this uh, Major League Baseball television situation. Okay. Um, In response to growing regional sports networks' financial issues, Major League Baseball has hired hired new staff members to a newly created, quote, local media group. These new hires are an important step in our preparation to address the changing landscape of MLB game distribution in light of the increasing challenges and pressure facing regional sports networks. That comes from Noah Garden, who is the chief revenue officer of Major League Baseball. Uh, Doug Johnson has been hired as senior vice president, executive producer of local media, responsible for overseeing all games produced locally by MLB. Uh, another gentleman has been hired to head up production operations of all local MLB telecasts. And uh, then another person has been hired to oversee technical operations of the local MLB telecasts. Diamond Sports Group, the biggest RSN group, the one that owns Bailey's here, missed a $140 million interest-only payment on its $8 billion debt. Analysts project that this action indicates that Diamond Sports will soon file for bankruptcy. MLB, which has 14 teams on those RSNs, including the Cardinals, uh, says it will be prepared if Diamond cannot pay the teams. That means over over TV video airings of the games. Quote, we think it will be both linear in the traditional cable bundle and digitally on our own platforms, but that remains to be seen. That's from Rob Manfred. Uh, more recently, a smaller RSN group, AT&T Sportsnet, which uh, distributes the Astros, Pirates, and Rockies, 
uh, just handed the rights back to the teams because they were losing so much money. They mm. said they were out. So that is the state of things. Uh, I had a uh, gentleman who works in television who's monitoring this uh, say the RSNs have been told nothing. The feeling is all sales go in-house with the teams. So I am curious if this is going to get to a point like it did, I believe, on Friday afternoon. That was the Wall Street Journal exclusive report on Warner Brothers just handing the rights to the Astros, Pirates, and Rockies back to those three franchises. What would happen if this were to transpire with Bailey's before, say, the end of the regular season? And one of the theories, I think I was discussing this with Randy Carricker in between our shows on 101, is that uh, the that it, it essentially it would kind of be like, and this is a, a bit of a stretch of an analogy, but it's it's fresh on people's minds in the St. Louis area. What you have with Apple TV having all of the MLB games, like Apple TV has all the MLS games, except it wouldn't be Apple TV. It may be MLB. Uh, and the MLB network. And if memory serves, Jackson, wasn't it Greg Amsinger who who said that people shouldn't be concerned that the games will be on television? The manner with which they're distributed just may be different in yeah. 2023. Yeah, that was the gist of it. Okay. Jeez, but it's going to change. I mean, it's, it, what we have this time next year, I would say with certainty, will not be what we had last year as far as accessing the Cardinals. And I would say, good. You know? I mean, it's not like people are enjoying this experience. I I think we long for the days of Fox Sports Midwest, maybe whatever that was, four years ago. But um, I think the manner with which people access Major League Baseball is going to change substantially here within the next 365 days. And ideally, you will be able to watch, similar to MLS, with just, here, there's one button, and now I am watching the game. Now, how the model changes is the thing to keep an eye on because we were talking in the 7 o'clock hour about, you know, the frustration some people may feel if you're not a T-Mobile customer on Saturday night when you go to watch the dog's first home game and you go, i got to pay 80 bucks. How will people feel about paying that? for Major League Baseball, which even though theoretically you were paying for it before or you are paying it now with your cable subscription or your satellite subscription, um, it wasn't necessarily itemized that you had to feel like you were paying separately for it. It was just rolled into your cable bill. What do you think uh, the reaction will be to that, Doug? Uh, I think there'll be mass confusion on the parts of a lot of people. I mean, yeah. If you're getting, if you're one of the people that get cable now, and the games just disappear, is your cable bill going to go down? I have a feeling it will not. I agree with it. And if it's all streaming, if it's eighty bucks for the MLS, what's it going to be? Two hundred fifty, three hundred for one hundred sixty-two games in baseball. Uh, people might shy away from that. Oh, it'd be way more than that. Couldn't these streaming services be, be in the same boat? I mean, and they're not. You know, the, the MLS isn't like Major League Baseball, but. You know, Apple TV is paying MLS to carry their games. And what if they don't have enough people that pay 80 bucks a month to do it and say, we're losing too much money on this. We're done with this. They're in the same boat as Bally's would be, wouldn't they? I guess. It's just something that's going to have to play out to see what happens, see how many people go for it. I don't know. 
It's a, it's a real mess. They face an enormous logistical challenge to make this work. You couldn't be more correct. It's, it's huge in so many different ways because baseball has used over the last few years when it gets criticized television rights as the way to say, well, the game is healthy. Is Don't get me wrong, it's one of the ways, but that has been a bit of a, a house of cards, and now it's collapsing, and so you have two major, major elements that are going to change. One uh, that will affect the teams and the ownership groups, and then indirectly, or you could say directly, potentially player salaries, if the revenue goes down substantially, then there will be a correlation with player salaries. Uh, and then furthermore, if somebody locked into a contract for a long time, that contract may be uh, a killing a team if this is not corrected to the point that it still has the same revenue impact for a franchise. And then secondarily, of course, for the people who watch the games, we, the fans, because the way that it's going to go is going to change precipitously. And I think my guess is is that people will be paying for it. Then becomes the question how many people will pay for it and again i would say we were paying for it before it was just rolled into one bill and you're just like okay i pay for cable and cable costs this much each month or i pay for satellite and it costs this much and now you said doug uh well those cable or those satellite bills likely aren't going to go down and so now there's going to be an added charge and will people spend that added charge to watch Major League Baseball if that is the model that baseball winds up choosing. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'd do. I, I have to watch the Cardinals. I've, I've watched yeah. them every game for many years. I read an I, article the other day that Houston Astros, defending World Series champions, if the season started today, they don't have a TV deal. They are not on TV right now. Like, yeah. It's pretty wild that a, a sport with billions in revenue cannot figure out how to broadcast their games or market their players. It's embarrassing. Would MLB ever take it over like the NFL Sunday ticket? You pay a price, you can watch any game you want where MLB said, all right, it's the MLB ticket. This is what it's costing you a year. You can watch your team, you can watch any other team you want. No blackouts, just one flat fee, you watch it on MLB Network. I think that's what they're talking about right now. What were you about to say there, Doug? I I thought that's what they're talking about doing right now. So then, then you get into, as you know, for example, with the Cardinals, there isn't a revenue share like there is with the NFL, which is why a franchise in Green Bay, Wisconsin, can exist and thrive, because they're chopping it up. With baseball, as you might imagine, the New York Yankees media rights, and they were able to create the Yes Network because the size of not only New York, but the, the footprint of the New York Yankees as a franchise is substantially larger than for example, the Pittsburgh Pirates. So if you're going to put all of that money into a pool, I don't know, I can't imagine, that uh, the Steinbrenner family would be going, oh, good, sure, we'll take an equal share with the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Colorado Rockies, uh, even though we are driving a much higher percentage of viewers and advertising dollars. So I don't know how they would navigate that. Now, I want to make it clear, I am speaking from a very remedial perspective on that, but I'm speaking with some confidence on the NFL revenue share model when it comes to the television rights. And that's a different setup than Major League Baseball. I guess you could give the teams the right to opt out of it, to say, I don't want to be part of it. We have the Yes Network. We don't need to be part of MLB Network. And I guess a team could opt out of 
that opportunity. Well, severely damaged the appeal of the package. You know? Yeah, teams unless teams out. are basically and I'm sure teams it. like the Dodgers, Yankees, Cubs, Mets, you know, would bolt. Yeah, but you would still have the option for your home team, like, say, the Cardinals. All right, I'm going to buy the, the package because, oh, I don't get to see the Yankees. I'm not getting it. If I live in St. Louis, I get to see my team. That's my option. The only way I can and then another another impact of this situation, and this this kind of speaks to where is you know take your pick on how you feel on the PGA Tour and the live thing, but if ratings go down, then the tour isn't in the position to command as much for advertising, and or sponsorships of events are not as lucrative. So then applying that same you know relatively simple mathematical. Uh, analogy to Major League Baseball, if fewer people are buying the right to watch Major League Baseball over, if this is now an on-demand subscription package, then while there will still be advertising, if the pool is not as large, then the advertising dollars are, of course, also going to have a direct correlation and a decline. That impacts the provider and that, in the case of the Cardinals, which has a 30% equity stake in the Bally's Midwest uh, organization, that impacts the franchise. And so I don't know where I'm going with this outside of how it impacts viewers, which is, of course, the, the primary interest of those listening to our show, but then taking it a further step, how it impacts salaries in Major League Baseball if we are about to see a substantial revenue decline. Yeah, it, it feels like maybe we finally hit the breaking point. We've wondered for years, how long can this go with player salaries just going up, 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 and rights fees going up, 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 and up? Is this just infinity? Is this? Is there no end to it? And uh, apparently the answer is yes, we reached it. Well, the Padres had no problem with it. Yeah, a few owners, like the, the guy in San Diego and, and Steve Cohen and with the Mets, apparently have so much money they don't, they don't care. But that's not all of the owners. At some point, it's maybe not the, the majority Car- of them. At some point, the Cardinals maybe just said, "We're we're starting the Cardinal Network. We'll take it over. We have our own network. We'll, we'll run Cardinal games. We'll run other stuff throughout the day. But we're we have our own network." If MLB creates a package like NFL, you're talking five fifty, six hundred fifty bucks is what they're probably going to charge. I mean, the it, NFL it, doesn't charge that. Well, the NFL has sixteen games that last five and a half months. Right. Major League Baseball but the demand has is much higher demand is much higher. For oh, the NFL. I, it's going to be double what the NFL charges for the NFL Sunday ticket. I would One bet you everything I have that would be less. Oh, oh I'll, well, I'll we have a that. wager. Doug, what I is would, the wager? Okay. I'll bet 10 bucks on that. Guy. All right, 10 bucks. Okay. There, there's and what no is, what are you, what's less. your position, Jackson? That the MLB package will be cheaper than Sunday ticket package. No way. Just so much more content uh-huh. and so much more stuff to watch. It's just, yeah. They can't justify that price, I don't think. But these regional networks, including Bally's, I'm sure they've already sold millions of dollars in advertising for this upcoming season. What are those advertisers going to do? Do they just get moved on to the to the platform wherever these games are going to be shown? No, they get. What do they do with all the with all the all the crews that have been hired to to shoot the game, run the game? Are they all going to have to be changed? Those guys lose their jobs. Do they show up as they always have and just not worry about where the game is going to be played? I, I, there's so many unanswered questions here. I bet there's a whole lot of people not knowing what the season's going to bring. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's a major thing. Um, 
And I and I don't I don't know as far as I, I think I think fans are interested in it because uh, those who are sports fans are interested in it because you can see the the various impacts on it. But it's one of those things that until it happens, the casual fan just kind of like whatever. Can I watch the Cardinals play the Blue Jays here in about a month? Yes. Okay. Fine. The thing is, for the last few years, plenty of people have had to switch providers, just bounce around because it's been. That's been the nature of the beast. That also was unsustainable, similar to what you're talking about, Doug, with player salaries. That's an unsustainable model. That YouTube TV and MLB get in a disagreement, uh, and now you can't watch. I mean, the MLB network was taken away from uh, YouTube TV about two months ago, and that's just something we've come to live with over the last five years. It's ridiculous. Meanwhile, uh, you know, if you want to pay, it's up to you if you want to pay, uh, you are in a spot where you can watch the MLS, and it doesn't matter where you are, and you can watch all of the games. And that is the direction that baseball has to go. The question is, is when that occurs, assuming that it does occur, what will the revenue pool look like relative to what the revenue pool was previously in the regional sports network era? And I would have to think that the answer is substantially less. I would have to think. I just don't think many people, even even if it were, I don't even know, I'll just throw out a number, $150 for the season, and that might be ridiculously low, it might be high. I have no idea. I don't know how many people will pay that. I don't know. And, I, and, and, and then you, of course, have to apply that for everybody that does and, and what you get. And then how would it be chopped up? And then if that number is materially less then advertising rates would be substantially less as well and so you have this huge domino effect on the game much less the access for fans to watch wasn't it the same thing and obviously at a much smaller scale but it seemed like every month there was something new at you know channel five boycott charter they're not carrying us anymore they want to pay charge too much money we're not going to do it and uh spectrum or you know Direct TV is not carrying us, so stop getting it. Blah blah. Send them letters. It seemed like every week there was some other thing taking off, taken off of Direct TV and Charter or whatever, and they charged more money and they weren't going to pay it, so they weren't on there. I know a smaller degree, but you know when they start doing that, well, you know I'm not paying that, and we're not going to be on there, and we can't watch it anymore. I can't watch my local news on Direct TV. It seemed like every week somebody else was getting taken off of there. Yeah. Well, we're right in the middle of the transition period between when most people had cable TV and now they're getting away from that and getting into streaming TV. And there's a lot of problems to be figured out before that evolves into what will be in place three, four years from now, I guess. Ultimately, I'm sure the games will be on somewhere. You'll get to watch the game somehow. It's just hard to know right now where that's going to be. I ain't opening up my pocket for any Cardinal game, so I hope they figure it out. I ain't doing that. Hey, give me 100 bucks a game. I'll just take my phone down there, and I'll do a Facebook Live for the game. You just watch it on my okay. Facebook channel. I, I don't think it would be the same. Why? wouldn't be quite the same. Well, you probably <laughs> wouldn't have 15 cameras in every location. Yeah, I'll, I'll move it when I can. I'll do play-by-play. Play right. You want 100 bucks for this. Move I'll walk around to the first base side, third base side, behind home plate. I'll give you a shot from center field. I'm looking at that Cardinal rotation, and John Mozilla can ask for money for me to watch that? Nah. Mm. Oh, come on. Nah. I'm good. Well, if their revenues, not just the Cardinals, but lots of teams, if their revenues fall drastically and they've got players locked into these contracts that pay them 25, 30, 35 million a year, 
It's going to be some rough going for some owners, too, if they can't come up with that kind of money to pay these players. I love the And pop. then the next time their contract comes around, are these guys going to go, well, I know I made $30 million a year on my last contract, but now you're asking me to play for 10 I don't think so. The Padres owner had one of the best quotes a couple weeks ago about the, the drastic spending of money when they're a smaller-ish market team. And he goes, look, when we win a World Series, in 10 or 15 years, you're going to talk about cost control or what revenue was at that year. No, you're going to talk about the World Series championship. That's what kind of owner I want. He doesn't care about his money or what his legacy is going to be and is he going to turn a profit every year. He wants to win, and I absolutely love that quote. With all of this going on, he's still signing Manny Machado. He's still signing players. I absolutely love it. Well, you can do that. The as dude long is as a multi-billionaire. Every single owner in this league is a multi-billionaire, and to think that they need eight to nine percent return every single year is—I'm not on board with it. So well, I love but, that but they're, quote. But they're not all at the same wealth level. Yeah, one like, has a billion less, one has a billion more. I get it. You well, know, it's hard. Many, out there. Some have many billions more. Or I couldn't less. imagine taking a PJ everywhere and. Yeah, that's. I feel bad for them for sure. One year they don't make money and everybody is freaking out. So I'm all, I'm on board with San Diego Padres and how their owner looks at a season. Well, I think and any at a legacy. Any business sector would freak out if they see their huge moneymaker about to go away. That would that would be a major problem for virtually any business. Oh, for sure. And not all owners are are created equal. Like the Pirates owner, he's probably not making anywhere close to what the Yankees and the Mets and the Cubs and the Dodgers. My make. problem is they signed the deal with Bailey. Am I correct? It was a two-way street there. Um, so, you know, I'm sure they didn't foresee any of this. I get that completely, but you made your bed, you know? It didn't work out. Like, that. I don't think finger-pointing is going to help anything. I just... You know, things happen in a business, and, you know, they made a deal with Bailey's. Didn't work out. Nobody's fault but their own, and you kind of move on. I think that's how you got to look at it. Well... I don't know. It's got a long way to go before this gets sorted out, that's for sure. And the long-term ramifications are, are, are unknown at this point. But it could be that the game has fundamentally changed, at least economically, for a long time to come. Put it back on camera. Well, they're not happy with the conversation in the engineer design facilities text inbox, Doug. Um, let's see what we got. Every single owner is a multi-billionaire? What? That's from the 314. Uh, how about in 10 to 15 years when the Padres have still never won a World Series title? That's from the Huntley Hamburglar. Well, he put it as if they, you know, when they win. He, he was, you know, confident that they were going to win. So stupid. Why would you want a fiscally irresponsible owner? They haven't won anything yet. This is short-lived. Maybe they'll win, maybe not, but this is unsustainable. It's like the 90s Marlins with Wayne Heisenga. Doug, that oh. was the 97 oh. Marlins, and he mm-hmm. spent... Like a madman. When the yeah. owners spend money out of their own pocket, what does it hurt the fan base? This guy's acting as if, like, in a few years when the bubble bursts, like, taxpayers are going to be paying these MLB salaries. Like, it's not your money. Well, in a way Why it do is. people care so much about what the owners spend? In a way, it's your money. When they're going to ask for four or $500 to watch a, a Major League Baseball package, that's your money. That That's... What's going to pay the players? Yeah, but that package is going to be for the Pirates, who have a $43 million payroll, and it's also going to be for the Padres with a $300 million payroll. So, like, but it's still you don't pay a different pay. rate as a fan because your Pirates are spending $40 million and the Padres are spending X. But the, my point is the money is so high because they got to pay these players. If the if the player if they didn't have a $200 million payroll, it wouldn't cost you four or $500 a year to watch the games. 
That'll change over time. Nothing, nothing that can change overnight, but I'm sure we won't see $400 million contracts in the next three or four years, I would assume. I don't know. I don't it's know. It's not an instant fix for this, Doug. Just going to happen over time. It's going to be a while before, you know, there's a network that can carry all the games and kind of up in the air of how many people would pay. What are you going to pay for, you know, yearly baseball well, viewing? There, there's so many options on TV now for your entertainment dollar. Oh, yeah. With with Netflix, HBO, and all the quality shows that are on, and the, the ratings may never come back to where they were with baseball. Probably won't. So when the ratings are down, you know, the income is down, and the team's bringing in money, it's going to be less than what they used to be, and are the players ever going to settle for less money than they make now? Good luck with that. Uh, Susie Cream Cheese has sent in a <laughs> screenshot of the net worths per Forbes uh, Forbes or the Los Angeles Times is the source for each Major League Baseball owner. Um, and the point being, every owner is a multi-billionaire. Plowsy, please pot yourself down. Oh. Uh, so the Rockies owner, uh, $700 million. The Reds owner, $400 million. The Rays owner, $800 million. Um, the Marlins owner, $500 million. The Diamondbacks owner six hundred million, the Brewers owner seven hundred million, and then uh, you have some that are in the one billion range, and then you have some that are in the like uh, the Ricketts family, which is four and a half billion, for an example. For the record, the Cardinals do it four billion. So seventy-five uh, percent of the owner. But even that, Plowsy, if if you are they counting what the the price of what their team is worth? I mean, if you're worth four hundred million and you sell your team, you're worth two billion. Yeah, it's hard for us for me to not be a billionaire and be a majority owner of a major league baseball you, or football. If you count franchise. what your team is worth, they're all billionaires. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I'm with Iggy on that. I, but you don't have that money until you do sell it, and then you're not the owner anymore. But yet, okay, correct. That's all I can say. Right, you if this was the big issue about what we were arguing about, or what we were talking about. Okay. Well, the. the, the what the two, point is, the two point of them is, are under a, 500 million and the rest are almost a billion and 60 percent are over a billion yeah and I mean, some are a couple or 10 15 I mean, billion I, I love how that guy acts like i need to sit down but i don't think his argument was like well let him have it that then. much for i mean <laughs> I, I i don't know i i i still don't change the fact that they're super wealthy almost billionaires most of them billionaires i i don't know why we worry about the owners being so fiscally responsible and why you need to pat them on the back for you know job well done let them do what they want with their money if you want to see a winning franchise you gotta spend money it's just how it happens yeah. you well, think the pirates like, are building a championship roster to the no. farm system no because they don't spend any money there's a, there's well, a reason why they the don't have the money they don't they don't have the money like steve cohen of the mets is, is payroll is how much this year it's three or four hundred million pretty insane like yeah, because he's the wealthiest of the baseball owners, I, I believe, at like fifteen billion dollars. So he can shell out a another forty million a year salary. It doesn't hurt him. But 
a lot of teams, almost probably almost half, can't afford any forty million a year players, and so then the the parity is going to be gone, and then it'll become less entertaining, and then fewer people will watch, and then the, I would the tell teams you the parity is already money. gone. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Um, Mark Hanna is with Evergreen Wealth Strategies, and he just sent this text in. Uh, I want to see sound financial management, so there is no way the team has to be sold to a bad owner later. That's how you wind up with a guy like Stan Kroenke. That's from Mark Hannon. He's with Evergreen mm-hmm. Strategy. I don't see the DeWitts falling from grace, and I guess that we're using them as an example and not necessarily the Rays or the Pirates or the Reds owners. Listen, when I the great communicator speaks, you listen. Yeah, no, right. no, no, no. I, I was partially agreeing with the great Mark Hanna. Love that guy. Well, I hope the DeWitts don't fall if you want to call and talk it over with him, or you can go to evergreenstl.com, or you can just pull up the YouTube video of him addressing uh, Germany. In uh, <laughs> what year mm. was that? Well, it wasn't him. Scorpions mm. had winds of change, or was it wind of change? No. Wind singular, like pant, it, it, slack. It wasn't wind him. of change. Wind of change. Well, I guess in like a year. Know that wind of change. Who sang that song? Scorpions. Scorpions starts out with whistling, and then yeah, it does. Berlin Wallfall. Guess a year. Oh, ninety-one. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Was gonna say ninety-one eight. sticks out yeah, to me. I was gonna say eighty-nine. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. November 9th, 1989. Oh. Ah! Who said 89? I can get stupid ass <laughs> songs without failure, but the Berlin Wall coming down. Yeah. Yeah. Historical That's events. Great. Ah. Boys yeah. to men. I gotcha. Yeah, I know nothing about yeah. history and I nailed it. How long did it take to get that wall? Because as soon as I turned on the wall, there were people up with the hammers, little guys on top of the wall, like chipping off little with a hammer. Is that how they got it down? I think we're doing the Berlin Wall breakdown on the second segment of Balloon Party today. Oh. Yeah, we're doing that. On I imagine party. they had bulldozers at some point. Not gonna they look like people are just up there with hammers. Well, some, yeah. I think, did that symbolically. And Wouldn't that take a while? Got a kick out of that. Well, if you tried to knock down the whole wall that way, it would. But I don't think the entire wall was knocked down that way. How much do you think a chip of that wall cost you could get it for at auction? I don't know. I don't know. How would you six. know that that was the wall? It'd be, just be a chunk of cement, right? Yeah, but you would know. There's people that buy little splinters, and people say it's the part of the cross that Jesus died on. Oh well, and they, they people, sell that to somebody, do they? And people buy it. <laughs> and people buy it. You know, I mm-hmm. bought. A, I bought a. Is pack. that is that a real thing, or yes. is that just a, no. an example? No, I bought. That's a, a real thing. A piece I, of the cross. I bought patio furniture for forty nine dollars that I never got. Some, I understand. Some and of us are idiots. Ridiculous but, as that was. Buying what you would think is the cross that Jesus died on on eBay <laughs> would strike yeah. me as all time. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll see it. It's in a little glass case, and it says, part of the splinter of the cross that Jesus died on. I still don't believe this, but you're saying it so calmly that I believe that you have seen this. Oh, I've seen it, yeah. I mean, obviously it's not true, but people will buy it. Well, I understand that. that, but I mean that somebody's actually selling it. Yeah, I've seen it where it's in a little little case and it's just a little piece of the splinter and it says the original cross that Jesus died on. Well, where's the rest of the cross? They say in some places there are large fragments at the Holy Chapel in Paris and in Rome where a good-sized crucifix is said to have been made out of. Well, they could carbon date it and find out how old the wood is. Sure. Call it true cross? I don't know. Yeah, because of my area of expertise. I mean, just yeah. like just like people are. <laughs> I mean, people try to sell everything. Just like somebody 
They reach out to me at least once a week on Dillier and Harper exclusive <laughs> dot seven eight four 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 weekly symposium. Yeah, hi sweetie. I, I love that you're a fan of mine. I would love to talk more. And she has zero followers, but people will fall for that. Hi Dillian, how are you? What can I send you? Well, people, religious people, like, oh, it's a part of, part of the cross. I'm getting it. Probably pretty expensive too, I would imagine. Not cheap. I think I part saw, of the cross. I think I saw 1995. <laughs> really. Doug, remember when uh, Stan the caddy caddied for us at Bell Reeve and was unhappy with Iggy's club selection from the fairway on 18? Sure, yeah. Well, he's even more unhappy now. Because they're running a business no business can sustain if they continue to lose money. It's common sense. Just take your L, plowboy, and then go grab a treat. Stan hmm. caddy. Do, do we have proof that anybody, we talked about this, is anybody losing money owning a baseball team? I asked that. And I don't know if we got answered that. I don't know. We're automatically assuming you guys are just losing money. Well, they're not publicly money. traded. So with the exception of, I believe, the Braves, uh, which have some kind of public entity, I think uh, the financials are private. But I think the value of owning a baseball team outside of uh, whatever intangibles you'd want to associate with it, legacy and, and otherwise, is the resale value very rarely do they sell uh for less than they were purchased for right yeah that only happens with radio stations in st louis oh and that's my point like none of these guys are leaving entering this business and leaving it with less money they're just not and i hate that narrative of oh well this is a business you can't have guys lose money they're not losing money they're never going to lose money they wouldn't be, you think the dewitts would still be owning this team if they lost money well the dewitts they've already paid money. for their franchise 20 years ago no the dewitts aren't but if you're not drawing three million fans and you still have a payroll of 100 million you might be the pirates owner did not lose any money last year i'm one million percent confident in that and i don't have any numbers to prove it because he wouldn't be owning a team if he's losing millions every year he just wouldn't the moral is a problem. Well, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know that, and I'm not saying he I don't is know or this he either. This but is I all. suppose what I would say is, if if you have a five-year exit strategy of some kind, and I'm not saying that the Pirates owner has that, and if you know what has gone on, I feel like it's gone up exponentially over the last decade because there is an in increase in billionaires, and it just becomes, you know, almost like a yacht, something to have. Uh, and then have the legacy of winning a world championship in whatever sport, that if you were to lose, say, $10 million a year in the short term, and therefore over five years, $50 million, but because you own the franchise and the franchise's rate of value is increasing at a higher level, uh, then it actually makes sense to hold on to it because you're going to sell something now that would be a billion, but perhaps in 2028 would be... 1.5 billion and therefore losing the 250 million over the five years of 50 million dollar losses would as weird as it may sound be profitable because you'd still net 250 million because people are just willing to pay for these things because like land in florida there's only so much of it and there are only so many major north american franchises that guys will spend ridiculous amounts of money just to have them. I mean, you see what's going on right now with the commanders. I feel like that is a 30 for 30 waiting to happen. I've said it multiple times. I'm not necessarily a Dan Snyder fan, but they have been trying to run him out. I feel like Jeff Bezos has been <laughs> wanting to do that and buy that team. And now Snyder says, I will not, I'll sell to anybody, but I won't sell to him because he mm. feels like he's been, have you been monitoring that, Doug? Just a little bit, like that, yeah. But, 
Yeah, because you feel with Bezos owning the Washington Post, and the Washington Post has been the one with all the exposés, all exposés on the the commanders, that this has been like a house of cards scenario, not like Major League Baseball and the RSNs, but Kevin Spacey and uh, Robin Wright Penn's show, that this has all been set up to get him, to force him to sell the team so Jeff Bezos can have the NFL team in Washington. And so if you only have approximately 120 of these things, even if they are losing money with thousands of billionaires in the United States and plenty that want a sports franchise, uh, that they will pay even if the P&L wouldn't necessarily dictate the value. People buy them, in some cases, strictly for a vanity play. Of course. And that's the game. So short-term losses, as big as they would be to the average human being, are irrelevant to the billionaire who either, like Steve Cohen, uh, wants to bring a world championship to New York and doesn't care what it's going to cost him, or a Pirates owner who goes, okay, we're going to lose money, but in the long term, I'm going to wind up profiting when I sell this thing in five years. Yeah, I like to see that the Marlins are probably the worst for it, one of the worst franchises. I have I have numbers up here, Iggy. If you look at, even if they lost money, and I think it's probably, this, it might be the second owner since uh, Huizenga sold it. But if you just look what Huizenga sold that team for and what they could sell it for now, and they've sucked ever since. Here it is. Here it is, Iggy. I, I am going to put it to bed so the listener can shut the hell up. Oh, this is all you uh-oh, need. Uh-oh. The source? The Marlins. This is directed toward Brian Hench. Marlins in 2012. <laughs> since 2012 to now, yeah. they haven't won it jack. No. They don't spend any kind of money. They sell no. They have no merchandise sale. They hardly they sell They won the Ozuna any, trade. And, yeah, they hardly mm-hmm. sell any um, seats, Doug. They have... Almost no, they have more than doubled their franchise value in ten years. The Pirates have tripled their value in ten years and haven't won a playoff series in twenty plus years. It doesn't matter what you spend, how many tickets you sell, how many jerseys, jerseys, helmet nachos you sell. Mm. These teams are tripling in value every ten years. Nobody's losing money in this business. It's a it's a too big to fail business. No owner is getting in this industry and losing any money. They're tripling in value every ten years. The numbers do not lie. Every single one. So, of what them were the numbers on the Marlins' uh, sale plot? Five hundred and twenty million in twenty twelve, and now it's a billion dollar franchise. There's almost a it, they doubled. The Pirates were worth let's see four hundred seventy nine million in twenty twelve. They're worth one point four billion. That's over triple the value of never winning, never succeeding, never spending money, never having any interest on ESPN, on MLB Network. Nobody cares about the Pirates. They're an invisible franchise, and they have tripled in value by doing absolutely nothing of value for Major League Baseball. They don't spend money. They don't win. They don't have fan base. They don't have anything, and they tripled in value. Case closed. Shut the hell up. Oh, These guys do not on. lose money. They got it's great uniforms. You really let them have it. Great uniforms. Though. I'm so sick and tired of treating guys like they're one paycheck away from living in Section 8 housing. Give me well, a damn break. But the value of everything goes up in 10 years. The value of people's homes go way up. Dog, the Pirates should be worth but, $100 million right now with how they perform and how they spend money on the field. And a real, actual business, if what they did in 10 years, the last 10 years, they should not be profitable by any stretch of the imagination. Is your point that the Pirates should spend like the Yankees and the Mets and everybody else? No, my point is to the listeners, nobody's losing money. That was my whole point. These people are like, oh, well, it's a, it's a business. You guys have to make money. You don't want to see them lose money. They aren't. They aren't losing money. The Pirate could throw in a triple-A team, make the exact same amount of money 
and they would their MLB team. Well, but, their year-to-year profit or loss is going to be different than the value of the franchise. But that's the whole point. You're not losing money. You may lose money in 2013, but guess what? Your value went up by $100 million, right. by 150 When they sell million. the team, they'll get the money. Okay, okay. That's again, Doug, that's their money. I mean, they. I know they haven't sold the team, but it's just increasing. You're not going to see in two years where, oh, man, the Pirates can be bought for $800 million. No, it's going to be $2 billion in eight years. Well, how, how much of that is tied into broadcasting deals? That I do not have. But again, so in, a, in, in some way, a big part. Yeah, in I some agree. way, it's just like your house. Your house goes up, up, up in value as you stay in. It doesn't mean you got more money to throw around. It just means when you go to sell that house, you're going to have more than you did 10 years ago. All right, what it's if called you, equity. What if you got a million-dollar house and you're just a, you're a pig? And you don't take care of your house. It's got termites. It's falling apart. You're going to sell it for more than a million when you get out. Uh, you have I don't to know. do. You have to take care of it. Baseball that, pirates don't take care of the team. They don't care. Yeah, they the pirates suck. haven't mowed their lawn in 50 years, and they're getting <laughs> thir- tr- triple what they bought that house for. Give me a break. These owners are just fine. If they want to spend another 30 or 40 million a year on Juan Soto, guess what? They can, and they're still going to eat on fine china in their 50 million dollar mansion. So that so, is, so that is your it. so that is your point <laughs> is that every franchise should be able to spend like the wealthiest of franchises. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Well, I don't know that some of these guys want to lose that kind of money on a year-to-year basis, just because in ten years they can sell their. Do franchise you think for the more. Pirates are able to spend more than forty-three million dollars on an entire team? I would think if they thought it what was they're doing pretty, right now is absolutely embarrassing, and they should be relegated. What I, <laughs> they are doing is it shouldn't even be legal. I, I would think that they would rather win than finish in last place. And if they thought that it made sense to spend more to do that, I think they would. They're not there to make people angry, or or to to try to have a last place team. That's not what they want. Well, they're clearly not trying to like appease to the fan base. Look at their roster, bro. Look at their farm system. They don't care. And you don't need to care in this type of business because it's a cannot-fail business. But I don't think anybody running the franchise has that I-don't-care attitude. They'd all lose their jobs. Except for the owner, they'd all be out. Well, they care, but then they have great players that, that come up through the system after five years. Well, time to pay them. That means it's time to get rid of them. You know, there's a few do. teams that have to that have to do that, so, that's for sure. So these teams try to get lucky and have a farm system. Like the Cubs have some good players coming up, and they've added a few, but trying to get back to winning... But they've had a. What they're trying to do is uh, through the farm system and draft picks and things like that. But you, you, if you get lucky, and in those five years you have some players that actually play well when they're young, and you may win something. But if you don't, by the time they get to five years and they're good players, well, we got to get rid of them. They're going to cost too much money, and then you're back to square one. Yeah. Imagine a team worth two billion having Max Scherzer beg to be on your team and you find it fiscally irresponsible so then you go sign Stephen Matz eight years later. <laughs> You're taking a shot at the DeWitts <laughs> like, Of course I am. The fact that we think that like they don't have any money or oh you can't possibly spend money. Come on. I mean I, I just think that's just a, an excuse that we've been using for Ages yeah, now. But, for... the, but the revenues in baseball are so different team to team. Unlike the NFL, where the revenues are very, all similar because they draw from the same pot, the revenues are so different in Major League Baseball that they just can't all spend the same. It doesn't make sense for them all to spend the same. Well, I wish I was an them. owner. Yeah, they all have a budget. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the DeWitts, if they wanted to, I mean, they could have went out and signed Bryce Harper. They could have signed Max Scherzer. They could have signed Verlander. They could have went out and signed, you know, another three All Stars. They wanted to and had an awesome. a, a six hundred million dollar payroll if they wanted to. 
but they all have budgets. They they all have to be fiscally. Ah, we're not gonna. That's that's too much money. They're not gonna they're not gonna go broke. But at the same time, it's a business. You have to have a budget. Well, we we can't do this. And they do spend money. As they much, do. As they much can't as they spend as much as everybody wants them to spend. But for a smaller market team relative to baseball, they spend about as much as anyone else. But it also should be noted, along those lines, that while it is a smaller market, television-wise, it is a regional franchise that, that brings in three-plus million. And, you know, some bigger cities don't have that kind of attendance. And it's not just, it's just, it's just a, a fact. It doesn't necessarily have much to do with, I think, with the main point that the Plowhawk is attempting to uh, to discuss, but uh, the Cardinals, even though it's a small market, it, it, there's not a correlation between that and attendance. Uh, Orson Woods Wacko, uh, he uh, is a business owner, he says, Plowboy, owning is very different from making money. I own a business. I'm not trying to, quote, make money. I'm trying to create enterprise value to sell it. That's what these guys, as in the owners, are doing. That's the Orson Woods Wacko. But I think to my point is you don't need to do window dressing to sell your team for a profit. And I realize, and I, and I get that, and I love Wacko, and I know he works his ass off. And um, I, I, I agree to that to a point. But in this particular industry, it's different than your typical mom-and-pop business. I'm not saying he owns a mom-and-pop business. I'm not... But, you know, these businesses that are worth multiple billions, I, I, they just, they're not going to lose money. And that's my point. Like most businesses that they ran it, like the Pirates ran a business, you would see a temp permanently closed sign out in front of that business or it would sell for a huge decrease. But that's not the case in Major League Bank. So I, I think... I, agree, I like Wacko and I agree up to a point what he's saying, but you can't compare a business he owns to the titan that is a major league baseball franchise i just it, it's different rules in place so it's just it's just a money machine we're getting a hundred million texts on the topic you can text in 314-881-TMA5 use the tmastl app and you can just send a message directly and that goes to our email tmastl app download the thing it's got everything you can watch the show right there plus uh, old segments and you can live stream and we have these app contests uh, going on my god do we have some app contests four of them as a matter of fact I uh, got the Billikens uh, tickets on the app for tomorrow night's game against Dayton. You can win four tickets to Slew Dayton on Friday, March 3rd. And that is the Billiken Blue Out featuring a rally towel giveaway for the first 5,000 fans. Plus, Red Panda will be performing at the half. You can win tickets to see Kevin James on the Irregardless Tour. That's Wednesday, September 27th at Stiefel Theater. Tickets on sale Friday at 10 a.m. Also, win tickets to see Guns N' Roses on Saturday, September 9th at Bush Stadium. That can be done via the TMASTL app. Tickets are on sale now. And final TMA app contest. Win tickets to Evolution Festival August 26th and August 27th in Forest Park. Live music from the Black Keys, Brandy Carlisle, Ice Cube, and more. That's all on the TMASTL app. We'll have the Design Air Heating and Cooling email today coming up in about 40 minutes. I shall read a, a sampling of the text just in uh, just in everything that's come in order. Guys, since we upgraded our COD, St. Gabriel's Fish Fry has profited year in, year out since the 1960s. That's from Fungo. Yep. I didn't know that. Love that guy. Nicely run business. Love and now guy. it's worth like $1.2 billion. I love that. That's text. correct. Mm-hmm. St. Gabriel's, especially with the banners. Uh, the plow needs a little toke to calm down this morning. That's mm. from Mr. Fong, owner of the dildo shop. I'm good. I just, uh, it, it, it heats me up when we have to act like the pirates have to spend $43 million on an entire payroll because quote-unquote small market and the owner needs to make a profit that I, I just don't like that 
That's my whole thing. Guys, what's shocking is that these billionaire business owners are not taking advice from an HD2 board up. That's from <laughs> oh. Purvis Parish. I'm not trying to give advice. I wouldn't take it either if I were them. Uh, let's see. Uh, please, 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 Tim, rescue us from allowing Merrimack <laughs> Community College in Western Illinois explaining the business model of Major League Baseball teams. That's from Bobby Big Wheels. Mm. Uncle Cucker says, I understand Doug's point, but if the case is the Padres can throw out a billion and the Cardinals can shell out an addition 50K a year, then baseball has to institute a salary cap to allow the league to remain competitive. That's from Uncle Cucker. I think the salary cap is a separate conversation from the one we're having. Tony Clark, the head of the Players Association, said this past weekend that uh, if Major League Baseball owners are planning on trying to get a cap instituted when the uh, CBA expires here, and I think it's three years, that is not going to happen. I really would love to see a salary cap. Uh, I would love to see a salary floor as well, but you Mm -hmm. can't have the cap without the floor and vice versa. Doug, what do you think on that? I'd be in favor of that. I'm sure the players would go on strike. We may miss a year or two before they got that ironed out. But ultimately, I think that may be what happens. I mean, they haven't virtually every other sport, don't they? Yeah, it'll never happen. I mean, they thought that... Well, what we'll do is if you spend more than this money, you're going to have to pay into this. You think these teams care if they got to pay another $20 million? Probably. No, they don't. They all, they all go over Mad Plowsy would be if the Pirates had pink jerseys. That's from mm. Jonathan Titsworthy. My thing is, I like the pink. I don't like the denial of the pink. <laughs> so if the, if the dog said, listen, we are we are a pink team. Yes. You would be supportive. Your issue is that they're calling it red. Yeah, I've said it several times. I think the jerseys are nice, the authentic ones. I don't like. I, I think they're the replica ones look way too different than the authentic. Like they really do look cheap. So I would recommend going the authentic. But the pink with the yellow is fire. But don't call it Electric City Red. How about the Pittsburgh Pink Pirates? Love it. Ooh, Bill. Plowboy, it's the same model no matter the scale. There are plenty of businesses that try to, quote, just make money. The whole motivation should be to create more value. God, please let me save Plowboy. It's a Orson Woods wacko. Mm. Well, value for what? The Pirates have done nothing, it. and their value had doubled or tripled. The Marlins have done nothing and sell maybe a 1,000 seats and nights, and they have doubled their value. That's what these teams are doing without actually trying or giving a care about anything. Sports franchises are different than most other businesses. That was my point. You yeah, can't because... compare a business across the street selling donuts to a, a, a an MLB franchise. Right, and, and because just... it's an it's an ego play, a lot of people think it would be fun to, to own yeah. a team. It'd be, it'd be the greatest thing you could ever own as a professional sports franchise. So they pay way more than it's worth, way more than the money that comes in. Yeah, you're probably. I mean, I know that's what Cohen did. I know I'm, he wanted to be an MLB owner for the past like 15, 20 years. Can you years. imagine anything better than being the owner the of, a, of a professional sports team? Oh, it'd be great. I think it'd be awful. But it, why would it be awful? <laughs> I love that. I would be frugal. I'd be sitting there watching a game, saying, "Don't throw that ball in the stands. Those things cost nineteen dollars a piece. Get that back." The baseball's not. Oh, now he's not playing. He's hurt for two months, and he's getting paid. Ah, just throwing my money away. Well, there have been owners like that. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be a frugal, and I'd be upset every game. Charles Comiskey. Don't, don't throw that bat away. It's credit. Just put some tape on it. Really? I had an opportunity to go. Oh, sorry about that, Tim. I can't imagine a better. Wacko is the last person who should be giving business advice. That's from Mr. Lick. Stop, Wacko's successful. I can't imagine a better, more fun, and entertaining 
occupation or job than to be owner of a professional sports franchise. Would be the well, best. Why don't we buy a team? We should. As soon as we invest in Fusion, we'll have the money to do it. <laughs> I'd be a nervous wreck every night, and they'd hate me because I'd have a team meeting at the beginning of the year. All right, these jerseys are lasting you all year. I don't want these being signed and given away, and then you get a new jersey. I don't care if it's ripped. You'll sew it. You're using the same jersey all year. I'm this, not paying for new jerseys. This is what it was like 100 years ago. Well, that's, that's, what, they, that's what they that's did what to I would be like, then. That's what I'd be like now. player yeah. have a bad year, they'd cut his salary. I, they'd have a they'd have a cut out of me, and they'd start ripping my clothes off as they won games. I would have a two-step process. That's what they did with order. Rachel Phelps in 1989 <laughs> in Cleveland, Ohio. Hmm. I think number what one. Actress was that? You increased. Oh, role? she is. Uh, she was just in Who something that? that I saw. Son of a gun! I can't. Was think she that. Michael J. Fox's aunt, who he slept with in the secret of my success? Wait, why was Michael J. Fox in all these? Oh, it's Renee. It's Renee Russo, isn't it? No. No. Uh, the owner of the Cleveland, and I'd like to apologize, Indians in 1989. Helen Slater. On Major League. Uh, Margaret Witten. That's her was name. Margaret Witten. And didn't she huh. sleep with Michael J. Fox when she was his aunt in The Secret of My Success? Well, it's nothing new. Uh, yeah, so many <laughs> incest movies. Uh, oh. Yes, she played Vera Prescott in 1987's The Secret of My Success. Yeah. And I guess... Night Ranger. No. So that's two Michael J. Fox movies where he's about to sleep with a family member? Yeah. <laughs> Doug, we don't kick shame. No, I do. That, I, I kick that, shame. That is... That's a crime i think so i think we can in that situation yeah. why is he all the, the, the mid 80s like why is michael j fox's obsession with incest not talked about more i don't on know HG2 i don't know why we've 80s under the rug 80s movies i just imagine the executives like skimming the tie whatever make it who cares i if you want to blame anybody you blame k parker and the movie taboo what <laughs> i had an opportunity to go uh into the nfl then didn't that was the only chance I had to go in and didn't go. And when I take a pay cut to go, which was hard to do at that time. Yeah. <laughs> you think you think Kay Parker's film Taboo shaped Hollywood in the 80s? Yeah, I think so. And Why? and porn to come. I mean, you see all the stepson. Uh, oh, stepson. You watch me in the shower. Come here. All these all these movies stem from Kay Parker sleeping with her son in Taboo. <laughs> why did you pronounce taboo. it like that? Taboo. taboo. Why did the why did the, why taboo. was there an accent taboo. change on taboo? I Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did that film come out, Eggs? Uh, eh, probably early seventies, maybe. And you think so many people saw that that all of Hollywood changed <laughs> at that point? Well, they saw how popular the thing was. They did. Even though it was taboo, it was incest. But, yeah, it was a. It grossed a lot of money. People said, "Well, maybe that's the formula." Is it incest if it's a stepson? No, probably not, but that's harder. <laughs> Her first scene was anal. But there's some, there's some that do, you know, I mean, granted, it's fake, but they do, you know, there's a, there's one called Adriana La Barbera. Oh, boy. She's very attractive. And I don't know if I like she's that. She's probably a MILF, uh, probably 40-ish, great body. And every one of her movies is, oh, son. Ugh. Son, come here, son. God, it's like gross. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, why no, are you watching every no, one of her movies? Fake. How do because you I like her. I don't care if it's a fake thing. I know it's not every her, one like of the movies. I know it's not her Papa. son. So you just power right through the incest. Well, it's not. It's no. a, it's a movie. It's fake. Who right, but that? you suspend disbelief her, for a second. I think and it's you're really her, uncomfortable. Well, I think it's her husband, actually. I'm uncomfortable because I feel like we might be starting to kink shame. <laughs> No, I kink, kink shame, shame all the time. I think you can kink shame incest. I what? feel like that's in bounds. That? <laughs> but it started with Kay Parker. 
Yeah. So Kay Parker is the real pioneer of 80s cinema? Well, I don't know that that's she, accurate. Uh, she started in the she started in the seventies, and she was like thirty eight years old when she started. In um, but I know your first first orgasm was to the dude you were gonna let take your virginity was reading penthouse letters. Gosh, <laughs> who was that? That was you. That was for uh, <laughs> Maitland Ward. No, yeah, it was Maitland Ward. Yeah, that was in her book. I didn't bring it up. Oh, she brought it up. God, God Almighty. Well, it was. It's fake. It's not real. Yeah. Hello. Good morning. My stepdad Jack says Hello, it's not incest if we're not blood related, and that's why I can't tell my moms about our special time. That's from Mrs. Jenny Shanahan. Yeah, I mean step, but still, not great. No, it's not great at but all. First of all, you don't that. have a mom because well, you're not married, so your no. kids don't have that mom that you're dating. Yeah. So that hard to understand. Perfect sense to me. <laughs> so easy to get. Uh, Tim, please tell Plowboy uh, he has a spot reserved for Stoner Guest Day. I am going to teach him what it means to go from being a W-2 guy to a K-1 guy. Come work for me, Plowboy. I know the path. Mm. You are rare. Because you are willing to put the sweat in. That's from the Warson Woods Wacko. How about that? Hey, it's another boy? Greens Crew day. I love that. He's going to take you under his wing? I would, anytime he wants to take me there, I had a great time with him last time. What's a K1? I, that's, I, I'm not K-1 rich enough. K1 is a form you get when you own a business. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm not rich enough to understand what a K1 is. Well, you can get a K1 and not necessarily have a profitable business. Oh, nice. <laughs> no, that's right yeah. up my alley then. We, we know some We people. know something about that. <laughs> a couple times. Oh, radio. <laughs> Well, three times, actually. Uh, Plowhawk, are you interested in uh, the Warson Woods Wackos? Uh, he's, it seems like he's going to take you like Tony Robbins and show you the path to fabulous wealth. Look, I love Wacko. Absolutely would love to golf with him at his luxurious golf course. However, I love my job. Love the job that I have. You wouldn't leave this job to go with. somewhere to make a lot of money? Look, I haven't heard the offer yet, Doug, no. so I can't really say that okay. just yet. There's always enough money to steal somebody away from their current profession. Sure. You, have to, you have to be happy doing what you're doing. Correct. Money is not everything. You also I, have to pay the bills. Well, I mean, if you got enough <laughs> money to pay bills, then you're making enough money. I, Look, I, I don't have the money to go to Greece for two weeks if I wanted to just hop on a plane. Oh, but... Doug took a shot right wow. there. He didn't really? know it was coming. Mykonos is calling your name. <laughs> I, that's one of my, my dream vacations, but I'll oh, never be able to afford to. it. But And this is just a hypothetical. This That's why never, you need to find a wealthy widow woman. This will <laughs> Rallies. Ne- this will never happen. <laughs> but just to give you a hypothetical, cause, and again, it would never happen. I can't wait for this. But somebody DM me the other day, as I, as I get many a day. <laughs> I get many a day. Uh, and this one said, Iggy, if you had the opportunity, if the Riz Show said, will you join our show as our fourth, would you leave TMA for the Riz Show? Yeah. And I said, absolutely not. No, not you. I can make more money. They're a very popular show, but I wouldn't leave this show. So there, I would turn down more money that because I want to stay here. There's probably a lot of shows that have. So that had never happened, but that was just you offers, the hypothetical right? he threw at me. But what other offers are you entertaining? None. I oh. said it was hypothetical, oh. but that just shows you that if the the offer was made, uh, you'd be perfect for that show. Would you be interested in joining? Uh, I would. Not even think about it. What if they tripled your income? I would still say no. I'm part of TMA. I enjoy what I'm doing here. What if they offered you $400,000 a year? Well, that'd be a different story. Okay, you'd go. (laughs) I told you, there's always that price. Money's not important, but when it's 10 times, 12, 15, 30 times what I'm making now, you got to think of that. So you would go? 
<laughs> well, you, you just threw out a number. That's Doug, not we've come full it. circle, and it seems like the answer has changed. <laughs> no, you, I, you threw out a number that, that isn't even close to what would happen. Look, I brought up 200 liquid earlier. And I'm happy with that because two hundred. You got two hundred dollars in the bank. Liquid, yeah. So, yeah. Can I, so what nice. would you have to sell to make some more? Well, I got assets. Like no. one ball. One ball. Got an iPad. <laughs> now, if they came to me and I have said, "I ball and an iPad for you." Now, if they came to me and said, "We're actually thinking about putting a co-host in with Learn," would you be interested in that? Yeah. That I'd probably have to think about. What then? Wow. You'd go. She would have to. So think that about has that intangible one. value. I'd probably have to think about it. But. Wow. You'd leave us, wouldn't you? No, I wouldn't. Yes, you would. It. Yes, you would, too. No, I will never leave you guys unless you kick me out or somebody else kicks me out. Like KTNO you know, Town. But I will never quit on my own. Yeah. The, if you don't want my chair, that's a problem. Yeah, the, the, uh, Dillion Harpoon has just sent in a text. Oh, come on. Oh. And it says, hypothetically, could we raise money to pay you to leave and join the Ridge oh. Show? Hypothetically, of course. That's from Dillion Harpoon. Yeah, I don't like the name. Uh, yeah, like I said, unless I'm forced off the show, I mean, I have no intention of leaving, but there's a good chance eventually just get tired of my crap and just say, get out. Diggy, you couldn't cut it on the Riz show anyway. You'd be fired within a month. That's from Ben Zobris Cuck Pastor. And why, oh. why is that? Uh, ben Zobris Cuck Pastor, the action's back on you. Call in 636-9004-TMA. What happened to Ben Zobrist again? Did he get cut? <laughs> Big time. Didn't he get, uh, his yeah. wife was cheating on him. She was a Christian music singer, and she cheated on him. I didn't know it was with the pastor. Wasn't it a youth pastor, or was it a real pa- like uh-huh. the actual pastor? Yeah, I, I'm, that story was wild. It's not very Christian of her. No. Well, Tim. <laughs> well, poor Ben. Poor guy. Major league cuckold victim. He was, he's, wasn't he playing? Wasn't he like didn't play for like two years because of this? Yeah, he was. You're right. He was out for what were termed personal reasons for a number of, I think, weeks or months actually. Yeah, I wouldn't. Right. I wouldn't miss work because I got cocked. Yeah, it was a. Uh, <laughs> it was he. Right, pick up the lunch pail. Right back you go to the construction lunch site. Lunch pail. Told you, dog. Former pastor. Uh, somebody other than uh, Mr. Licks is now critical of the Orson Woods Wacko and his legitimacy and his wealth. Yeah. WTF is the Orson Woods Wacko talking about? You don't quote create value without generating profit consistently. I know this privileged boy running his dad's Jamba Juices franchise oh, thinks it's the equivalent to a Wharton MBA, but stick to thawing the juice packs numb nuts. Oh. And also, this guy thinks the 33-year-old chain-smoking board op who speaks so eloquently when he starts a sentence with me and Madison has potential is proof this D-bag is a fraud. That's from the 636. New texter, too. Oh. No text history on my, this one. My no apologies. text name or text history. Madison and I. Oh, my bad. But go so. Orson was wacko's bullish on. He feels like Plowhawk. You have some intangibles, and he can mold you into a wealthy gentleman. I, 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 I just absolutely love the guy in general, and I appreciate the offer. And um, texting him saying I, I can't wait to hit up the links with you. Really? It's a poor man's day. I'm pretty sure if you you're running a Jamba Juice place, you're making some money. Oh, one hundred percent. Aren't those popular? The well, Pittsburgh I'm Pirates. Sure it depends on the location. I mean, it's not like these. Not like <laughs> some these other, probably do really well, and some probably yeah, not so much. Not like these other juice places around here, but Jamba Juice is pretty good. There's other you juice, places. juice Oh, I know where you're going. Even I know where you're going. Orange Julius. I know where no. you're going. Iggy, I got you. Yeah. Well, you can not say who owns it, but what's the name of those places? Oh, I know what you're talking about. I forgot the name of them. They're already. popping up all over the place. Smoothie King? Smoothie King. Thank right. you. Isn't that juice? They're in gas stations. Smoothies. 
Smoothies, yeah. Well, same thing. Jamba juice is a uh, smoothie. Good morning, guys. It was the pastor who was giving the marriage counseling who wound up cucking him. That's yeah. 314. Oh, oh, that's tough. That's, that's, a, that's a tough yeah. slider in the dirt. You don't see what? it coming. And he sued him. <laughs> Talk about a too-big-to-fail business model there. Marriage counselor cucking? So that the counselor perfect. probably told her, yeah, you're, you're probably right to leave this guy. Why don't you come into my office and we'll talk about it a little bit more? <laughs> I'll bet that happens more than you think. Marriage think counselors that. cucking the husband? Yeah. Or, or pastors? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you hear what their be. problems are, and you, he goes home and goes, well, I've got enough of this that he's really a dick, and she's really horny, and he moves right in. Oh, yeah, I do his in-home visits. <laughs> really? You think this is a common? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> what an evil tackle. <laughs> Not common, but I guarantee it happens more than you think. Uh, uh, Iggy, didn't you have Cameron Young this week? I did. He's the leader right now at Bay Hill. Well, I'll be turned. I said he's going to win this year, so... I play him every week. He's going to win some week. Maybe this is the week. Well, through eight holes, he is uh, 400 par tied with Jordan Spieth at the top of the leaderboard. It is the Appliance Discounters, 8 o'clock hour here on the Ryan Kelly Morning After. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we're being able, giving away Guns N' Roses tickets for the Design Air Heating and Cooling email of the day. Jackson and I are then going to deal with a live situation on 101 ESPN at, uh, at 10 o'clock. It's called Balloon Party. It's driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura. And uh, what do we have coming up on the program today, Jackson? Well, it's a wide berth Thursday. That's for, oh. that's for darn tootin'. And we got a little pill sports business newsletter. Oh. Could be a big day. Could be a wow, big wow, day. Wow, wow, How those yeah. listeners going to feel about you being in Jupiter? What's that? How those listeners going to feel about you being in Jupiter doing the show? God, I don't. That's a nice question there. I don't know on that one. I don't know on that one. I know. It seems, I guess we'll find out. It seems like sports radio. Like when we would go to spring training, you know, with the old stations. Um, and I'm talking about the old old station. Um, people would always just bitch. Oh, great! Let's. Why don't you talk about how great the weather is down there? You're down there in 85 degrees. Oh, look at you! You're so cool. Just people seem to want to <laughs> bitch if you were someplace that they weren't. That it was nice. I got to tell you, I don't. I don't necessarily. I'm sure there was. There, I'm sure there was a part of that, but. People really did enjoy that week of. Now, some people didn't because then it was like all sports with the Cardinal interviews. And if you like, you know, hearing about people getting cucked by their marriage counselors, it was a it was a week's worth of pivot. But people really liked those spring training shows. The majority really liked those spring training shows, in my experience. And there wasn't necessary. There were people would uh, complain and justifiably so about the wind. Doug, the wind was present often. Sure, it was in those broadcasts. But we had the question of the day. Plowhawk nearly went on the team bus with Dexter Fowler. He should have. Close friends with Carlos Martinez. Producer Joe was uh, irritating Yadier Molina and Chris Carpenter. John Lackey loved that we were there. Oh, my God. Huge fan of it. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should say I'm not talking about your show. When I was down there with other shows or... Oh, you went down to spring training with other shows other than TMA? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I was down there probably five years in a row. Really? Uh, With what show? Um... No, I'm trying to think because two years I went down there just and produced all the shows that were down there. Uh, Klaibs, Klaibs didn't send me to the Super Bowl, and Greg wanted me to go, and he didn't send me. He sent Tony Hubert, and Greg was kind of upset that he didn't send me to the Super Bowl. So Greg said, all right, no other producer is going to spring training. Iggy is going to be the producer down there for every show throughout spring training. So I was down there for like four or five weeks. Um, but it just seemed like people would always bitch because we're at spring training, and they figure we're only there just to, just to rub it into them that it's warm down here and you're not here. 
that's that's the take I got from most people. Damn. But not your show. Your show was entertaining. People, oh, sure. People loved your show. Did you see David Posternock's deal with the Bruins? No. Why don't you oh, go ahead hell. and play the hijack music for yourself? I got a hijack. He's getting almost 12 a year for eight years. That's a, that's a lot for an NHL player, man. Damn. Sorry about that. Okay. No, hey, you know what? It's breaking news, and this is a, this is essentially a news organization. Right. Uh, Orson Wacko has responded to the uh, new texture of the 636, who does not at the moment have a name. 636 stay in Warrington working night shift at Rural King, and for the record, it's cash flow versus net income, idiot. You probably don't know the difference. Plowboy has it. That's from the Orson Wacko. Nice. Oh. Stop fighting over me, boys. All right. <laughs> yeah, Plowboy, I mean, you got some leverage in this negotiation here. No, I think uh, Wacko's half kidding, but I do appreciate nonetheless uh, him he's, being a I'll, I'll tell you, he's texted in plenty of times over the years. He's he's very bullish on uh, on your ability to uh, to become a wealthy gentleman. I'll, look, I love Wacko. I love the confidence. I need it. Too I mean, good for him. Uh, guys, spring training shows were always my favorite. Loved hearing interviews with... Uh, Jack Flaherty, Dexter Fowler, etc. on the podcast. That's from Josh Bob Bill. Mm. He is a Tampa resident. Uh, from Scissor Me Timbers, the shows at the picnic table were hands down the best. That is from Scissor Me Timbers. Yeah, I agree with that. We did get uh, some good interviews. We got a good one with Albert Pujols when he was oh, still yeah. he very was much in his prime. McGuire was super friendly. Mm-hmm. He was a different guy, though, once he stopped playing. Wayno on the lockout was good. I do believe that one. That was that, that was made really national good. news. Mm-hmm. I remember doing that interview and right. going, "Holy crap! I can't believe the stuff he's saying." And then he, he wasn't got pulled into uh, Mazalek and Dewitt's office on on the stuff that he yeah. said in that interview. He wasn't happy with uh, me. Matt Holiday, Lance Lynn, and Adam Wainwright toughed us right well, or, right yeah. off the picnic table. We were bullied. What they did. Yeah, scared the hell out of us. And then what? Holiday slapped the uh, baseball you tried to get autographed after the interview. Yes, he followed. did. Yeah. Slapped yeah. it right out of your hand. To the I mean, ground. that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see where you hurt. Your hand really hadn't been the same since. Yeah. And I should have just hopped on the bus and said, screw it. You should have called an ambulance right then. It would have helped the lawsuit. Oh, the players would have loved that. I'm sure the organization said, oh, hey, stay here at the picnic table. Keep calling the cops on our players. Right. <laughs> you, guys did, you guys did work, and you made it entertaining and did certain things. I was talking about when not part of TMA. You know, like Dave Green and Jay and I went for two straight years, and I don't think we went to a game. How would that have gone over <laughs> had, had we called the police on the players? They're being mean to us. He, he's right there by the Maserati. Mm-hmm. That's him. Get him. Uh, Dillian Harpoon is skeptical of whatever story Iggy told. I don't know what it is. Dillian Harpoon says, hold up, I'm... Hold on, I'm firing up the lie detector for Pawpaw Fudd. That's from Dillian Harpoon. Well, I don't know what the lie detector is. I don't know what I'm lying about. Pawpaw Fudd. I'm not proud. Is that, that reference to Elmer Fudd and the not, shirt you're wearing? Well, probably. I'm not proud that two years in a row we went and didn't, never, did, never went to a game. Um, didn't care. Now, there was one year I went down uh, with when the Simmons group bought um, 1380. And that's the year that, um, uh, what's his name? Hagen got in all that Doug. trouble for saying that uh, Helton was on the juice. Yeah. And then they tried to blame me for it. Oh, I'd never heard your name brought up in that story. Well, the guys who did the interview blamed me because I, I shouldn't have. Uh, oh, Wayne Hagen? Yeah. Yeah, and the next day, uh, I, I called Dave Green. I remember this vividly. He said that, and I was sitting at the picnic table when I heard it. And, you know, I'm not going to to say who the two hosts are. I mean, you can go look if you want. Um but when he said that, I think the next question was, so what do you think of this pitching staff this year? And my, my jaw dropped. I said, did 
Did you not Sounds hear like what you're he, not happy with the host? Do you, well, no. Do you hear what he just said? I mean, now that you could have given him an opportunity, said, "Now you just now, do you mean he was on steroids? You just said he was on juice. What did you mean by that? They didn't even follow up." The next day, one of the hosts said, "Oh, Hagen's mad at you for calling Dave and getting that on ESPN." I said, well, "You're the idiots that didn't follow up with it." You called an idiot? Yes, I, I didn't like. I didn't really like either. Of them. <laughs> Whatever. Did you guys have a tense relationship doing <laughs> these hosts? Yeah, I, I actually have no idea which host you're talking. I about. did not like either of them. Um, but they're they're blaming me the next day. Uh, he's mad at you. What are you mad at me for? He's the one that said it. Well, you called Dave and you sent that to ESPN. I said, you don't think that was news? A guy just accused Todd Helton of taking steroids? You don't think that's news? And anyway, that's that was the biggest thing that ever happened in spring training when I was down there. So these were idiots that you worked with? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were. Yeah. Well, I know, for, I know for a fact. we got to shut down the 8 o'clock hour at okay. 9.30 in part exactly. because uh, we got another show coming up at 10 o'clock. And yeah. if you have a sound story at noon, Riz has one at uh, 10.30. 10:30. If you would like to book a sound story, go to mysoundstory.com and uh, get in where you fit in. Perfect uh, with Mother's Day and Father's Day. Not that far away. A couple months away. Great gift certificate. And uh, take care of keeping your family story forever. Go to mysoundstory.com. Dot com. Uh, Riz will have one in the studios at 10.30. Doug will have one coming up at noon. And you can get one, whether it be for yourself or your family members, mysoundstory.com. We have the dogs merch at tmastlshop.com. And uh, you can get your dogs merch. I'm wearing the dog's hat. So am I. It's a collector's item at the moment. But a few people reached out yesterday uh, with different embroidery companies, so I think we might be able to get the uh, hats back in the game. All right. Uh, TMASTLshop.com for your dog's merch. We'll have the design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day coming up in a matter of moments here on the Ryan Kelly Morning After. Design Air is online at designairservice.com. If you are dealing with any furnace issues, make sure you go to designairservice.com. You click on the Book Now tab, and a service technician will be out quick, fast, and in a hurry to take care of you. Doug is a client. I'm a client. We recommend you become a client as well. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling, the official HVAC provider, the Ryan Kelly Morning After, and of the Tim McKernan Show podcast, and also the sponsor of our email of the day, Seth Goldcamp and his staff will take wonderful care of you just like they do with us. So, say, friends, why don't you become a client as well? Design Air Heating and Cooling, online at Design Air Service. All right, Guns N' Roses tickets on the line for the Design Air Heating and Cooling email of the day. Balloon party with a wide berth Thursday on 101 ESPN at 10 o'clock. All but coming your way, this is the Ryan Kelly Morning After from the Michelob Ultra Studios.